0: Chasing the wrong thing. As you know, we're hard in life to have everything that we dream about. And I remember a long time ago when I was a teenager, I used to have gatherings with all my family, all my relatives were alive, Stan vivos. And in my mind, I was thinking always about the stuff that I didn't have. I was thinking about the women. I was thinking about the money and thinking about also all the cool things that I could buy if I, had, if I could have money. So that's why on today's episode, I want to share with you more or less how was my journey and how many times in life I discovered that I was wrong, that the thing that I was chasing was not important in reality and was more like a propaganda or an idea that society sell to us. Of course, these are going to be my personal preference, but I'm trying to do this like a therapy and also to maybe give you an, an idea so you can also analyze if you are chasing the right thing. I believe One of the worst mistakes that we can make is like try to work hard for years or decades, decadas, and then realize that we were behind something that was not making us happy. First starting, I want to say thanks to the sponsor as always, inglesparacholos.com. If you want to take your English to the next level and also your life, go to inglesparacholos.com and spread the word. Tell the people to go to Uncle Valta on Spotify. So the first one, and this is kind of specific, is having a personal gym. I remember um, I always loved gyms since I was uh, 13 years old. And maybe one of the reasons was because it was something that you can do without having friends. (laughs) And I didn't have friends back then. When you are young here in South America, in Peru, everybody loves to play soccer. Everybody loves to play basketball. But if you don't have friends, the gym is kind of your default weight or your default place to go. And in my mind was, I, I, I wish in the future I could have my own gym. Until when I was um, 25 years old, I bought my gym. I bought everything, all the racks, all the barbells, the dumbbells. And you know, I found many things. When you have your personal gym, now you become a slave. And we are going to check this figure of the slave in the next things too. But you become a slave of your own stuff. So for example, okay, you buy the gym. Now, are you going to keep going to the regular gym? Or are you going to work out in your house? If you spend so much money, because I spent like... I think in all my gym including the strongman accessories I spent maybe 30,000 soles or something like that I mean 30,000 soles so I was like it's like obscene if I keep going to the gym so I started to work out at home but I figure I realized something first finding training partners was not that easy for many reasons first reason is like when you find a training partner usually they are used to just drop the dumbbells, tirar las mancuernas. So if you have your personal gym, you don't want people to drop the dumbbells. You don't want people to drop the barbell because th- that barbell, just the barbell alone costs $250, imagine, US dollars. And that is start to become a source of stress. It's like, please don't throw the dumbbell, Please don't throw the barbell. So what happened eventually is like, you know, I'm going to work out alone because each time that I have a training partner, it becomes a... a, a, a Stress, yes, more stress in my life. And even worse, when I remember there was a moment that I start to invite women to the gym. So I start to invite women and the pieces of shit, I remember they were putting sometimes sus tacos, so the heels, los tacos, on the benches. So This is a bench, you shouldn't put your heels there. So people do damn shit. Uh, they can do that at the gym because, you know, the gym pay, but when it's your personal gym, you really care about it. Then the other problem is that you start to isolate yourself when you have your gym. And this is a problem that is not just with the gym. I would say this happens also for most people that are trying to do everything by delivery this day. You work from home, you ask your delivery from home, you, you do the, the video calls, you spend your social, your, your social time on social media instead of real life interactions. So there is a moment that you feel that you are not happy because you are always in the same house. Just to give you an idea, I was here, I work here in my, in my, my office is in my house. I study also here. I was inviting women here. So whenever I wanted to have sex, I would just text a woman and she will come in taxi to my house. So I wouldn't have to even take her, pick her up, um, do exercise here. So what happened, there was a moment that I felt isolated. I felt that it's, it's kind of damp, but we built our own jail, and I realized that basically there are two reasons why people want to start a gym at home. The first is because they want to save the money of the membership. What is stupid? Because now memberships are so fucking cheap. If you go to a Smartfield, for example, the black that is kind of the cool membership is 100 sold, I believe. And if you want to buy equipment for your house, it's just one time purchase. No, it's not just one time because then you need to do the maintenance. Uh, and the second thing is because we want to save time. But I also realized that when you have the gym at home, I mean, for me, it was not a problem, but many people that I know that they have their equipment at home, they never use it because you want to have a space that is designed for doing exercise. And in your house, you are kind of to relax. So having your personal gym was something that doesn't make that much sense, honestly. I try to do like a hybrid, unhibrido, uh, mixing going to the gym and working out at home but it still doesn't feel that good, especially now that I have two gym memberships, uh, I prefer to go to the two gyms location. I go to four gym locations, to be clear. So if you love fitness, instead of buying your gym, I would suggest try to buy more than one gym membership. Unless that you live in a city that is apart from society, only in that case, I will buy some barbells and dumbbells. Otherwise, I, I would prefer to go to a, a big chain of gyms. So the the personal g was one big mistake the second one that is something this is going to be more related for most of the people having the the supermodel girlfriend the supermodel girlfriend goes hand by hand with the sport car this is funny because i remember i started with a kia picanto my first car was a kia picanto and uh, as soon as i got the car i think it's like the car gives you security because i remember i got the car And i got a girlfriend just two weeks after i got the car this girlfriend didn't know that i have a car but it's kind of the car gives you the idea that now you are able to date someone what is stupid of course and things have changed by the way in my time there was not electric scooters in those times you were supposed to pick the woman up from her house now you just send her a taxi so it's stupid to buy a car but still i can see many people and a big percentage of people trying to invest all their savings and sometimes even worse going on debt with the bank because they want to buy a fancy car. So my first car was a Picanto. When I was when I had the Picanto, I was dating a woman from Tagna. I remember I switched from the Picanto to the Cerato, Kia Cerato. It's, it's also a cheap car, but bigger. A little bit more fancy, a little bit. Uh, I, I started to date a woman from Argentina. Later, I bought a... A uh, Volkswagen Jetta GLI, that is a turbo engine, so it was a, a fast car. And I start to date like a model from here. And after that, I bought the Seat Cupra. So always, you know, the more you increase the car, the more you need to upgrade the girlfriend too. Now, what is the problem with the girlfriend? It's first that you start to, uh, and by the way, when you start dating, especially different women, you start to get hate from society. Because we believe we love and like sex. You know, you want to have sex with everybody. Yes, but when you have sex with everybody, also a lot of people will start hating you because you are taking the resources of other men. That is one. The second one is that um, you cannot introduce your girlfriend to your close circle. Even if your friends are really your friends, we still are animals and we still want to have love. And especially if your friends are virgin, they will try to talk shit about you to get the trust of your girlfriend. And your girlfriend will start talking shit about you so your friends can talk even more shit about you. So your girlfriend uses your friends as surveillance, como cámara de seguridad. And um, whenever she doesn't like something, she will have sex with your friends. <laughs> that will be her way to punish you. So something that I realize also is that Even if your girlfriend is not hot, even if she's ugly, never mix friends with girlfriend. Try to keep them apart as much as possible. Maybe after you you get like one year with the girlfriend and that's it. I would say in the early stage, never mix them. The other problem is that we are looking for, for beauty, right? But when we are young, and I know many friends that they still make this mistake even these days, and they are fucking old. When we are young, we assume that beauty is a woman that is well-dressed, that has all the jewelry, all the accessories, the makeup. So we confuse beauty with makeup. If you take the makeup out of this woman, is she going to still looking good? That is a good question. And many men, most of the men, make an even worse mistake. They confuse the beauty of the woman with the beauty of her Instagram account. And I can tell you, most of the fancy women on, <laughs> on Instagram, when you see them in real life, they are not like that. Uh, I, at the gym, I have a lot of, uh, I call them SpongeBob Pants, uh, Bob Esponja pantalones Cuadrados, because they look like SpongeBob, honestly, but on their Instagram, they look so fucking good. So if you ask me now, um, I, for me, beauty is more, not only the, the way the woman looks, but the way that she naturally looks without makeup. That plus empathy. And also, if I can find women that don't put too much effort in produce themselves. For example, I see a woman walking her dog with pajamas. For me, that is a a triple A, you know, plus, plus, plus A. Why? Because first, she's going out not caring that much about other people's opinion. I mean, that doesn't mean that she needs to look like shit every time she leaves the house, but you get the point. Second, you see her doing something, walking the dog um working in a in an office it's good to see that the woman is doing something a woman that doesn't do shit and the only thing that she does is going to the gym um i don 't know like study something that takes her just one hour that is for me scary when a woman is not busy doing things, the question is what is she doing so now I pay attention to those uh, details before formalizing a woman or before getting serious with a woman. The next one after uh, finding the supermodel as a girlfriend, another thing that I realized that was stupid chasing was the fancy car as I mentioned. Um, why do we buy? And here I'm going to give you a, a shortcut. Why do we buy a fancy car? Because we are looking for status or as in, in UK, in Reino Unido they say status, but uh, status is easier to pronounce. We are looking for status. and. I was uh, walking in the street and a guy with the Mercedes-Benz, with a nice Mercedes-Benz, said, Hey, hello, Tio Valta. I follow your YouTube channel. And in that moment, I realized, Hey, you know, you don't need to spend money to get a status. You just need to become good at the thing that you are doing. And that is more productive than trying to buy a status. And the interesting part of trying to buy like a fancy car or a sport car is that it's a never ending game. It's like, let's say that you buy the car. You buy what you believe is a fast car. Always there will be a fastest car. And you'll say, fuck, I wish I had that. If you don't buy another car, then you want to buy the accessories. Oh, the accessories. Then you are driving your nice car. Someone eh, put a dent. Le hace un arañón. Puta madre. Someone crash it. A speed bump that doesn't have uh, paint. Un, un sin pintura. Puta madre. So it's a constant stress. I can tell you now I'm driving my Escarabajo and also a Volkswagen Gold from the year 2015 and it's so fucking relaxing. I can go to the beach, I drop the car there, I come back. I don't care if it has like an extra dent. I mean, the car looks good, but it's not that stressed as I used to have with the other sport cars. So the fancy car is also something that we shouldn't be wasting our money. And let's remember that if we are talking a car above uh, $30,000, or thirty-five thousand dollars. Usually, you are losing per month, per month, five hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars in depreciation. So, if you wouldn't pay eight hundred dollars in cash for having the car each month, why do you have the car in your garage? That is a good question. The next one is a traveling, a viajar, and this is going to vary because some people love traveling. So that's why I'm going to give you like a variety of options here. But before, a friendly reminder if you want to text me, you can go to my WhatsApp, MAS51 9890 23986. So, the deal is that we travel because we want to experience new situations. We, we want to have new experiences in life. But something that I have shared with you is that sometimes just by going to a new gym location, you can have a lot of new experiences. Sometimes just by moving ten blocks forward in any direction, you can have a lot of new experiences. And uh, if you want to travel, yeah, that, that's cool too. But let's be clear that you will always miss what you have from your own country. When I was in U.S., I was missing my family. I was missing the food. I was missing being able to go to the little bodega that is here, two houses from my house. In U.S., I had to walk like huevonazo so ten blocks, ten fucking blocks to find. Not a, a mini market to find a gas station to buy some burritos because I was hungry. So uh, I'm not saying that that traveling is worthless, but what I'm trying to say is let's be clear that we always will miss what we have at home. So it's like the grass always looks greener in the other side. Um, we need to find always um, a smart way to do the things. For example. If you are going to travel, and this is something that I learned from my friends that they really love traveling, is that always try to find a contact first in that place. For example, you're going to do work and travel. I have a lot of people asking me about work and travel. Before going to that location, try to find, is the, do someone of my people know this uh, state? Do I have someone in that state? And in case that you do, because usually we have like a relative or, or, or a friend in all in, in, in US. They will tell you where is the best place to buy things, where is the best place to go, the opportunities, what can you go, what can you achieve. Always do the research before you travel. In that way, you are going to save a lot of time, money and find opportunities. And by the way, if you are planning to travel in in work and travel programs or exchange or many people are planning to go to Canada, please improve your English. I made this mistake and I know, I tell you because I did it. In my mind was... Why am I going to study English in Peru if I can just go to U.S.? Sounds stupid, right? Why am I going to waste my time in Peru practicing English? I will have a lot of time to practice English there. By the time that you go there, it's too late and even worse. By the time that you go to Canada or U.S. for work and travel or any country, if they see that you don't speak good English, they will send you to the worst shitty jobs. They will send you to housekeeping or they will send you with a dishwasher. There, everybody is Latino, so you never practice English and you never upgrade your life. If you have some English, and I can tell you because that was the difference between my first trip and my second trip, when you have good English, now you get better opportunities. I, I'm kind of deviating the topic, but I want to give you this experience. My first trip, I went as a, um, as a buzzer. This the guy who helped the waiter in the restaurant. The tips were terrible in that restaurant. Then I get uh, some better jobs. But my second trip was I was a cashier in a big parking lot. So I was getting the rate per hour plus tips. Why? Because I was able to tell jokes to the Americanos. I was able to help some people with some stuff just, be, just because my English was better. And by the way, it was not that better. It was a little bit better. So the, the, the more fluent, the more comfortable that you are with English, the more opportunities you will have. So before traveling, also try to learn the language from the place that you will travel. And an extra tip, I don't know why I'm getting excited with the work and travel today, but an extra tip with work and travel is if you travel with, I don't know, I believe work and travel should be something that we should do alone, not with our friends. Because if you really want to learn, it's better to go by yourself. If If you go with your crew, with your people, you're going to be always with the same people. You don't make that many connections. But even if you travel with your people or, or whatever, try to practice English all the time. A big mistake that I, I saw in the work and travel program was people all the time speaking Spanish with uh, between them. So by the time that a customer will appear, an Americano, and I remember because uh, in one of my jobs, I have to say $4, $4. You say $4. In <laughs> the 4 4 It was difficult. Why? Because I was not practicing English all the time was Spanish 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 and just when I had interaction with the American English It was not it was not working so always keep working your um, Your English and by the way the food if you are going to travel I will highly suggest unless that you love to test different culinary styles all the thing learn to prepare your meals by yourself Uh, I, I remember Spending time eating sopa ramen the, the ramen soup like every day and sometimes we will drop a piece of cheese on top Just to make it a little bit different. We will buy some veggies and, and those veggies that come mix it We will drop the the veggies on the ramen. So it was stronger but when you know how to cook and especially when you know how to do it fast now you don't only save money. Also, people start to look for you because you are the guy who cooks. So sometimes they give you food to cook and you, you eat for free. So learning how to cook was something that I didn't know when I traveled. And also a uh, transportation. Uh, transportation, if you network, if you have a contact in the place that you want to go, uh, you will realize that there are many ways to transport yourself without using taxi. There are services for tourists. There are um, buses that you can take now, with the electric vehicles, you can buy or rent electric vehicles. So, you save the, the taxi uh, expenditure. If you take a taxi in U.S., it's obscene. You know, if you're in U.S., you know what I'm talking about. They pull like I I don't remember the name, but it's like a clock, como un reloj. And then they start to count all the miles that you do with the taxi. And they charge you by miles. So, it's obscene. I have a lot of experiences about taxis in U.S., but maybe that will be for other episodes. So, talking about traveling, is that... We believe that we want to travel until you start traveling a lot and sometimes you realize that it's not what you expected, unless you're a big traveler guy, of course. But by my experience and by the experience of people that I know that they used to travel a lot, when COVID hit, they were like, oh, wow, thanks God, now we can stay in one place. So... I would say, if you like traveling, but you really do, not because you want to escape your reality, just try to make it cheaper. Always there is a cheaper way to get the same good experience. And at the end, the best experience we know is just the new people that you meet, a, a nice view, un bonito paisaje, basically that. You don't need to go expensive going on yachts and all shit. shit. Um, talking about going on yachts, uh, the beach house, La Casa de Playa, that is also something that I thought I need. Until I start talking with my friends. Um, Sometimes, especially now that I'm going to the beach with my dog Armando, you wonder, right? How cool would be to have a house in front of the beach? I was doing my research. um, Here in the South, there are some houses that are not that expensive, like $100,000, $150,000 in front of the beach. And I was like, wow, it would be cool to have this thing. I was talking with some friends, also with a aunt of mine, that she has a house in front of the beach. And she told me, you know, the maintenance, el mantenimiento, is so fucking expensive. You have everything start to, to the the water start to, let me check the word for oxido. Let me check. Interesting. Oxidarse is rust. I just learned it from Google Translator. (laughs) That's the beauty of doing this episode. It's something that I I also encourage my people in English para Cholos. When you are doing podcasts, oh, how do you say that word? So rust is oxidarse. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. So now you are in a constant battle with the weather, with the climate, with the with the rust. And that is one problem. The other problem is that if you have the beach house, you're not going to be by yourself, right? You need to invite guests. And as we know in, here in Latin America, people are so motherfuckers. They show up their self empty handed, nothing in their hands they want food they want alcohol and they want bitches ¿Dónde están las perras? <laughs> so, I had a friend from my school I haven't seen him like since we finished the career the, the, the school time that was in the year 2005 imagine so almost 20 years with no, without seeing each other and the first thing when he came back from the jungle he told me oye Valta ¿Dónde están las perras? <laughs> people are like that but where i trying to go with all this bullshit Is that when you have the beach house, most of the time it's going to be just spending more money. Because now you are supposed to be the guy who put the food, the alcohol. You never relax because you are organizing the party. Uh, So what I would encourage, or at least, you know, it's like, first, let's try to have better friends. Friends that really are conscientious about that. And second, understand that sometimes what we want is just to rent a beach house. We don't need to buy Um, something that I was wondering, thinking about this week is that sometimes we mistake the idea of investing with pleasure. We said, oh, a beach house will be a good investment. Is it really the best investment or is it because you want to have pleasure? And the same happened with apartments. I know many people that they say, ah, I want to, I have friends buying apartments in in Miraflores for $200,000, $200,000 in an apartment It's a good investment. Maybe, who knows? I'm sure that money will have more potential in other areas. But it's just a question that I believe we all should ask ourselves. And well, the last thing that I wanted to cover here is the dream job. And this is kind of something that I was also trying to remember going back in time. Um, I remember when I started my business. I started the vitamin business when I was 21 years old. I was still in the university and it felt weird because my friends were gathering each other, talking of how good they were doing in their companies. Oh, and I remember they were saying this, oh, my company makes $25 million per year. They were saying, yes, my company will take us on vacation. They will pay our trip. They pay the meals, not pan las And I was like, wow, they have all these benefits. And I'm running my company. I barely can survive. <laughs> so I felt stupid um, sometimes. When I was talking with them, it's like they were bragging of their jobs. And I was like, yeah, I just got, I'm just trying to save more money to buy more stock. That was my answer. What are you doing? Saving more money to buy more stock. Okay, so cool, Jose. (laughs) It's interesting. But then with the time, you find out that even if first, most of the people, they exaggerate. They don't have that good time in their job. They just pretend to have a good time in their job because they want to look cool. And even if we are talking about the best companies in the country, uh, something that happens is that if you are not free of organizing your own schedule, you are never happy. A person that is not able to just, you know, oh, it's my mother's birthday. I have to go with her, celebrate. My dog is sick. I need to take my dog to the veterinary. If you need to ask permission to have your own time, that is a problem. First. Second, if all your source of income is just from one place also you are not happy because you rely that your boss or your company is going to be kind with you and they are not going to fire you and then the third one is that usually inflation is going to beat your balls all the time because it's very unlikely that your company will pay you higher rate than inflation and inflation more or less they say that is like eight percent i can tell that it's 15 percent per year so if your company is not increasing your rate 15% per year means that you are earning less purchase power. You are are having less purchase power. So basically, those are the things that I believe we should understand that are not worth uh, chasing. And even if one of them, for example, maybe you really like cars. Okay, if you you do like cars, I will ask this question. If nobody is watching me, if there is nobody else in the world, would I still buy this car? And if the answer is yes, okay, go for it. But let's stop trying to just waste our very hard effort time uh, buying things to impress other people. That is stupid um uh, let's try to squeeze as much as possible our money. Let's remember something we don't want money we want purchase power poder adquisitivo so. If we are smart in the way that we invest and spend our money, we are maximizing the purchase power. So it's that you don't need a lot of money. You just need to be clear in what do you need. And just to wrap something extra, I was thinking, it's like, let's check our apartments and houses. How many damn shit do we have? Let's sell the thing. Uh, let's, you know, like a garage or a, a Facebook. Um, let's do um, a Facebook marketplace. You start listing all your stuff and you'll be surprised how good you feel when you start selling all the stuff that you don't need anymore. By the way, I am still selling the equipment of my gym. I have many people that have asked me for things, so who knows, maybe in the next days I will start showing you the people that are buying the barbells and the dumbbells. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, spread the word, tell the people to go to Uncle Valeta on Spotify. And stay tuned to the YouTube channel. Maybe next Sunday, I will do a recording with the Cholos. Uh, I have many of them that are speaking English fluent. So I would like them to appear so you can have an idea of how do we handle the system English para Cholos. Blessings, and I hope you have a nice Sunday.